0: Welcome to another episode of Artifacts, where our lives affect art inside out. I am your host, Jade Hassel, and today I'm in conversation with Bermudian handbag designer, Patrice Morgan. Bermuda Born is a luxury, affordable leather handbag and accessories brand. Founded by designer Patrice Morgan, it is a reflection of how people on the island of Bermuda live. Morgan, who has a background in magazine publishing, decided to change course and pursue her passion for fashion professionally by studying fashion design and merchandising at Clark Atlanta University and product design with a concentration in handbag design at London College of Fashion. Design has always pulled her back in, and thus the creation of Bermuda Born was inevitable. Morgan states, I think style and fashion is an immensely powerful tool, so in an unconscious way it has always appealed to me. When I was a teenager in secondary school, I took extracurricular sewing courses in the evenings. I liked that fashion allowed you to differentiate yourself from others. I saw how the way people dress changed people's moods and affected people's opinions about others. It's a way of communicating without explaining anything about yourself because your style tells people who you are when you make an entrance. Each item in the brand ranges from classic totes to elegant coin purses, is named after one of Bermuda's nine parishes or cultural landmarks, and they are all made of durable leather from Spain and Portugal. Morgan designs her collection with an occasion in mind. You will find a handbag for a work event, a wedding, or a casual weekend. The sights and experiences of international travel often spark creative ideas for her. Although a primary source of inspiration is in the Bermudian people, who she describes as the most endangered species, due to external influences on the country's population of merely 70,000. Morgan notes, Bermudians carry very unique characteristics. Bermudians have an amazing sense of fashion she expresses. I think it's a fusion of American and European style, but we put our own twist on it. And that to me is what makes it very worldly and very Bermudian at the same time. We love bright colors because of our environment, and so that's what inspired the brand. To connect with Morgan, you can find her online on her website at www.BermudaBorn.com or on Instagram at BermudaBornLabel. Good morning, Patrice. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for joining us on the Artifacts Podcast. We're super excited to be in conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's fantastic to finally get a moment to sit down and chat with you. You're doing amazing things with Bermuda Bourne. And so I'm really interested in artist origin stories. And so I just wanted to have you first talk a little bit about your experience and what it was like growing up for you in Bermuda.
1: Oh, my goodness. Early childhood memories. Going to primary school at Elliott Primary School in Devonshire Paris. And then... Um, just living a really free childhood, like back in at that time, everybody was just allowed to roam the neighborhood, be adventurous, go from neighbor to neighbor's yard, climb fruit trees, look for trees. You just had like the run of the town of the um, the parish. You you been swimming, you made friends with new neighbors, you went to the summer camp in the neighborhood. You were watched by the Neighborhood sitter, So it was a really small community where everybody knew each other. And I think that was the foundation of like, you know, creating my social skills, my communication skills, mm-hmm. of making it where I today. I grew up with a big family in a big family home with my aunt, my cousins, my uncles lived upstairs, my grandmother and my mother and I lived downstairs. Mm-hmm. Everybody would come over. So I grew up with just that extended family all around. I always felt like I had a sense of belonging. So that, you know, really shaped me as a whole person, as a whole individual. And then um, moving into high school, you know, where I started to get to know who I am as a person, I went to an old girls' school, a private school called VHS. That was interesting because I came from a primary school where it was a public school. It was both boys and girls, to, like, a totally different private, more upscale elite type school. The parents of the children weren't Bermudian, and it was a whole different culture. It wasn't anything like what I had come from, right. People spoke differently. They, the way they socialized, they interacted was different. The cost Their costumes were different. Just everything was different, and it was a new experience for me yes an experience that I if I admit I struggled yes to to take in and to accept because you know in some ways I felt like I wasn't accepted by them and mm-hmm. because I felt unaccepted by them then I kind of rejected wanting to fit in with right. what was there. Um however saying so, you know, all that eventually you know I got used to being there because my mother was like, you're not getting anywhere else but here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I had to me away to school so many times, and you know, she just couldn't do it, so right. um, I ended up staying there. I stayed there for six years and, until I went away to university, but during that time when I was there, um, the education was really good. That's one positive thing that came out of it. I didn't make like a handful of friends in the am, but my, my early years there, I struggled. Like I just was miserable, but it was a great foundation for my education, which is why we go to school, right? So yes, absolutely. Um, is that it helped me very much when I moved on to college. So mm-hmm. from there, from that experience, I said, you know what, the next time I have to go to an education institute, I will be choosing where I want to go. And so I had a very different experience when I went to Park Atlanta University. Yeah. Which is in Atlanta, Georgia in America and what makes that university so different is that it is a historically black college. They're differentiated because of the history behind them because mm-hmm. there's many colleges that actually accepted African Americans way back when other colleges would not, when segregation was happening and they would not allow um, colored people to go to school there. So having gone to that, to Clark Atlanta University, It really, like, kind of felt like home. I felt like Mm -hmm. it was a home problem, and I felt like that's where I belonged. I had a really great college life experience. I developed myself personally and professionally, um, and that actually laid the foundation for my future success when I moved back to Bermuda, and I started my career. And um, by the time I got back to Bermuda, I was very confident, you know, in who I am, knowing who I am. And I was confident in knowing that I could do anything. Like, I just was on such a high from studying there. And because when I was at college, I saw other people that looked like me reaching their goals, being really successful, very smart and witty. It was like nobody could tell anybody in my campus that you can't do something. Like, they were just such go getters and trailblazers. And so I kind of came home that whole aura and a whole like confident vibe knowing that I can do anything that was really great and and then from there I started my magazine oh, and that's it was amazing
0: called, what was your magazine and, called
1: it was called show off magazine
0: mm-hmm. and the
1: reason why I came I, did, I graduated with a degree in fashion design and merchandising I didn't go to college for that initially I, my mom was like you're either gonna be a lawyer an accountant you're gonna it, get one of those professional degrees of what you know They are professional, but there are other things that can be professional, too. Yeah, and I just thought, I'll try it. I'll do it for two years. And I did it, and then I got to, like, statistics and micro and macroeconomics, and I was like, you know what? I don't even, I can't, I can't get past this. I said, I'm going to do what works for me and makes me feel good. And I've always had a love for, like, creating and sewing and and seeing things come to life. And I have been like doing courses even when I was in high school, like learning how to sew and design. And then when I got out there, I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back to what I know, you know is me.
0: Right. So I
1: changed my major to fashion design and merchandising.
0: Mm-hmm. And I thought, well,
1: if I don't, if I do this, I just won't come back to Bermuda. I'll go to New York, I'll work in New York. Right. But then 9 11 happened one morning when I was driving to school. And I thought it was like a joke because everyone and I listened to the radio and uh, the radio presenters would joke about things and they were like, "Oh my goodness, guys, you wouldn't believe like the Second World Trade Tower's coming down," and I was oh, like, "Wow." What? And so when I got to my statistics class. And everybody was just outside the room looking at TV. And I was like, oh, my God. So I saw this, like, fear came of me. I was like, oh, my goodness. What if they're going to come to Atlanta and ask and do the same thing? Yeah. happening like radically all around the U.S. So I was like, oh, my goodness. That's what, when it came to graduation time, um, I planned to stay out there and work. But I could not get my uh, my visa to stay because... Okay. That time they were stopping all foreigners from getting any visas for staying any longer than what they needed to. So my like, plans to get up to stay out there intern and and work were railroaded due to the terrorism attacks. And mm-hmm. so I said, "Wow, well, I gotta get back home. I gotta show my mom that my degree isn't gonna be wasted. I have this fashion degree. What do I do?" Right. So I started Show Off magazine, which is a fashion magazine initially, and then um, after the first or second issues. People were stopping me and saying, Hey, can you feature this person? Can you feature that person who had absolutely nothing to do with fashion or retail? And I just thought, you know what? I have to listen to what the readers want.
0: Right. Because there's,
1: there's more to Bermuda than just fashion. So yeah. I started showcasing people who were um, doing really great things in their careers, who mm-hmm. were like just movers and shakers under the age of 40. And then um, just trying to highlight us in our very best in the very best manner and then in in addition to that I added like these health and beauty features some yeah. health health features um of course we had the style section that never left and then we had like um sports we had new businesses that have opened up restaurant reviews nice pictures of events that happened so we tried to make it into like a a lifestyle magazine for Bermuda so Bermuda could see what's happening in Bermuda and making sure that we had the, our hands on the pulse of Bermuda.
0: Yeah so how long did you did you run the magazine for and then like when did you make the transition from doing magazine publishing to starting and creating your handbags?
1: Well okay everything kind of crisscrossed like the wires crossed so I started in 2004, graduated mm-hmm. 2003 so I ran it up until two thousand sixteen. That was the last issue I did. Right. Um, however, in between, I, I had staff members as well. So at certain times, like um, in the very midst of running it, I decided, you know what, I want to pivot. Eventually, I want to be able to go back into design. Yes. And really, kind of create my own brand because I've never done it ever since mm-hmm. leaving college. So I had, was starting to make the transition while I was work, working. Um. On show off magazine. So, in mm-hmm. the midst of it, maybe around 10, I moved to London. A lot of people don't know that. And I started, I specialized in hamburg and product development design. Right. Hamburg design and product. And so, um, while I was running the magazine, when I was in England, I still had a team in Bermuda working as well. Oh, nice. And so, yeah, so I was getting my second degree at London College of Fashion. And then I came back in 2012 and you know, and then I started the um my brand out of a little studio space mm-hmm. upstairs of the restaurant. I was handmaking kind of my brand at the time. I wasn't manufacturing it. Wow. So it's been a long journey. And at that time I actually started working in international business to fund, like all these things that I was doing. And then I actually had taken a break from the magazine. I didn't produce the magazine for about three years in between that time between okay 2013 and 2015 and then in 2016 I came out with two issues and then I thought oh my goodness what am I doing like I thought I really wanted to get back into magazine work mm-hmm. but I realized I realized my love for design was so much stronger than creating a magazine i had
0: been doing it successfully for a while and it's interesting how life works like that like you start in one thing and then your path kind of goes in a different way and you find like a passion somewhere else so that's awesome that you were able to do both and i still love like creating magazines and things
1: like that i just didn't think the foundation magazine is making sure you have enough revenue to cover printing the magazine Mm -hmm. and a lot run the magazine was um driving advertising sales up um and that part is very difficult it can be very stressful it's very time consuming and so you can't quite enjoy the making process but by the time it comes to putting the magazine together you're like okay let me just get these articles from everybody put it together now I don't even want to read it because you're just so tired just (laughs) printed and you just want to see the final thing so you really just you don't have time to really enjoy the creative process if I could just create the magazine and not worry about the business part of it that would be awesome
0: right but, you know, in real life
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I was more than one and I love like making handbags I love you know when it comes to making handbags I just go into a zone and this feels like um therapy when I yeah. make
0: bags that's like,
1: fantastic It's wonderful. I go into a whole nother like mental zone.
0: How did you even get into, because it's interesting, like handbags is like one of those things you don't really see that many people doing it. How did you even get into deciding that handbags was the route for you? Um,
1: Well, I had done a few short courses at London College of Fashion before I enrolled in my degree program. Mm -hmm. Like I had done draping, I had done like hat making, mineral, mineral, can't remember something. I to say, um, edit that part. I done hat making and draping and, like, a bunch of, like, a print a bunch of random subjects, and then the last one was, like, small accessories, right. using lather, and that one stuck out to me the most, only because then I started feeling the lather, touching the lather. It like, it's like that material spoke to me. I was like, wow! it can be so, manip- it can be manipulated in so many ways. It's such a versatile material and depending on what type of leather you use, the more you use it, the better it looks, the mm-hmm. more it wears down. And also what I like about lather is that it lasts for a very long time. If you really take good care of it, it will last. Mm-hmm. So It's not a material that you use and throw away. It's something that, you know, it has value to it. And I really yeah. like that.
0: Yes. And I appreciate time. Yeah, that's awesome. So you moved to London and you decided at that point that you, you wanted to start your brand. Can you talk about a little bit how you decided on like the theme or like the um, story of your brand? Because I know that you're using like different Bermudian elements to kind of give the handbags, different names and things like that. So can you talk a little bit about how your brand is a reflection of Bermuda?
1: I called it Bermuda Born simply because I'm from Bermuda. You know, the thought behind creating it was born from, you know, a Bermuda born person. And it was, and when I started making it, I made it in Bermuda. So everything about it was linked back to Bermuda. And and so, with saying that, I wanted the brand to be twofold. I wanted it to be something that also helps to put Bermuda on the map. Yes. Um, so I named it after Bermuda, but I also wanted, people who wear people in Bermuda to feel like this is their brand as well. And and so just to sharing, like, you know, to be proud of something that is Bermudian made by Bermudian. And um, also, I try to link each product back to Bermuda by giving it a name that is synonymous with locations around Bermuda. If you go to my website, use Bermuda.com, you'll see that, I've given a little description about the locations that my products are named after so that when people are thinking about buying a product, they can learn a bit more about commuters. So, you know, it's a 2 fold thing.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely. But when I
1: make the bag, I'm not looking at the bag and saying, I'm making this bag because it looks like Padgett Parish. <laughs> right. What is Paget Parish? I mean, like a lot of our history is so steeped in colonialism that I can't. I don't feel inspired by you know, that kind of history. But what I can say is that I am proud of of my heritage, and I'm proud to educate people about it. So I, mm-hmm. I leave some of the all of the products um, behind um, Bermuda.
0: Right, that's fantastic. So I wanted to ask you, because you you talked about, you know, the beginnings of your career. And so I'm sure there are like many things that you have done or mistakes that you've made along the way. So could you tell us a little bit about some of the rookie mistakes that you made, like when you just started out?
1: That's a good question. Um, I think if you were to ask me about my magazine, I probably have a lot to tell you. But I wouldn't even say a lot because everything was like a work in progress. Like I literally had to teach myself how to run a magazine. Right. And so I never really had a roadmap. And when it comes to running a handmade brand, I had to teach myself that as well. Like I don't have a guideline or a how-to book or a roadmap that says if you do this, you'll be right or wrong. So I can't say that I could have done something better because I find that all the things that may not have worked out have worked out for a reason, not due to any fault of mine, but I just think they were all like learning curves and growing pains. Even with the handmade brand, I feel like I have more challenges of, okay, how do I move the brand forward next, like from a marketing perspective? So I have these challenges and more financial challenges because you have to carry product and product has to sit and wait to be sold. So I'm very, very mindful that I can't order a lot of product at one time because it just would not be easy for me to run my business. So I can't say that there's something that I've done wrong. I, I, because the thing is I've, I've had experience running a business already and I know what cash flow looks like and I know what it I need to, to make things be successful, so I'm really mm-hmm. good with watching and things like that. But I can't say there's something that I wish I would have done or I wish I could say, like, I could give you a story about it, but I can't mm-hmm. right now. Because the brand grows bigger and I enter new and uncharted territory. Mm-hmm. I have a story... But at this time, I really can't say unfortunately
0: oh that's okay that's okay. It's interesting one thing that you had just said about when you're moving forward in your business, like it was just something that was just like unfolding so you were where you were at that moment in time and had to figure out um what to do like in that moment, and I think that's how most things that we do are like you know, we're, we're in some place and then we've never done it before. So we have to get whatever resources and whatever tools to, to move forward. So like you said, it's an unfolding thing. And um, yeah, that definitely uh, resonated with me.
1: Thinking now that you say that one thing I wish I would have, I should say wish, but if I would have had more time,
0: Mm-hmm. I would have
1: stayed in London a lot longer and made more connections and tried to push my brand forward.
0: Right. Uh, but at the
1: time, I ran out of money. Like as soon as I finished college, I was like on the first flight back to Bermuda. I was like, okay, I'm done, because I right. had self-funded myself. Wow. And that's awesome. If I could have stayed in London a lot longer and mm-hmm. really just grinded it out, tough it out, made a way, found a way to stay there by hook or crook. Right. I think that probably would have helped me to get where I need to be a little bit quicker. I can't say a lot quicker, but at least I will be in a position now to say, okay, I know these additives over here. I know these events happened there. I know right. where to go to get my brand off the ground. Whereas right. in Bermuda, the challenge is like I'm not connected to older sources that would you know, really propel me in the international realm uh, to try to do things from Bermuda, put it right. that
0: way. Right, right. That makes sense. But I think it's it's fantastic, you know, that you've continued to do it anyway, you know, even without um, having those like concrete connections because it's, I mean, it's amazing, like having something that's like homegrown, focused on Bermuda, I think it's awesome. We need to see like more of that. So I think what you're doing is amazing. You had just uh, mentioned, you know, that you wish you had more connections and things like that. But I did want to ask you, I'm sure you have like different mentors or maybe not even people that you may not particularly know personally, but people who you may have like looked up to or aspired um, to be like similar to. So who have been like some of your biggest mentors in the industry and um, what are are some of the best advice that you've seen them either give like, you know, personally or like online in a video or something? Because we can have, we can have mentors that we've never met before. Um, so that's who, so true yeah who have been some of your biggest ones
1: I do I love Anya Highmark um, mm-hmm. she is a handbag designer based in London she started her business I want to say virtually no capital No
0: oh, wow. um,
1: and she started on a very small scale just like me she was going out she was meeting small factories and just asking them to work with her and I think what I every time I watch her video, she's not really given some like advice so much, but she talks about where she is in her journey and things like that. And I've just watched her like slowly grow her brand to where now like she's a household name in England. Right. Um, and I would say she's one person that I definitely like admire, um, you know, her tenacity and her grit to just mm-hmm. press on because this industry is not an easy industry. I have not actually met anybody yet um, in my field who can be a mentor, but Mm -hmm. I'm definitely open to meeting them because I had a mentor and I had show-off magazine. And if it wasn't for my mentors, my business wouldn't have been as successful as they were
0: because Mm -hmm. they gave
1: me lots of advice. Whenever I stumbled into issues, I was like calling them. I think as time goes on and I can identify who those people will be, I think I'll be in a much better position.
0: Yes, definitely. I think mentorship is um, extremely important, and I think we can have a mentor at any age and in many different areas of our lives too. So I, I'm wishing you a great one. I hope you can find one um, that will be able to help you propel your business forward. In the meantime,
1: I watch a lot of YouTube University. <laughs> uh, right, exactly. And it, it teaches me a lot. Like I've actually, I built my own website, and I spent a lot of time looking at. YouTube and trying to figure out what apps to add to my website to make it more shopping.
0: Yeah, and that's what's awesome too is that like now so many things are like readily accessible, like right at our fingertips. We can literally find the answer to any question that we have <laughs> online and you know be resourceful that way and incorporate it into our lives and our businesses. So that's awesome to hear that you're, you're doing that. I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned this in your bio, which I thought was awesome. You mentioned that you, you thought that fashion is like a powerful tool. I did want to have you maybe like elaborate on, on how so, because I agree, but I'd love to hear your thoughts about it.
1: Um, I feel that it's powerful because if you're someone who often can't express themselves verbally, I feel like fashion and style does the talking for you a lot of the times Mm -hmm. and oftentimes it allows people to gravitate towards you like based on what you're wearing your appearance your aura
0: yes all of
1: that together allows people to kind of start to form an opinion about who you are what you might be like whether they want to speak with you whether they think you're an interesting person whether they feel as if they have something a connection with you or something in common with you i think it's a great tool for communication yes I, I say that. And I also feel like fashion can make or break decision makers as well, whether they want to give you that job, whether they want to give you that new opportunity, mm-hmm. um, because what you, what you wear, you know, it's it, it says a lot about you, and, and it also allows people to make decisions based on that. So it's a very, very powerful tool. I know some people might not like that. It can be a negative tool as well,
0: mm-hmm. but it can
1: be on how you choose to utilize it. Right. So
0: absolutely. Like it it can almost like speak for you or like be an extension of yourself. Because I think like this stuff that we choose to wear and adorn on our bodies, like you said, it it carries meaning. And um yeah and I, I definitely agree with that. And I think that's why I like fashion is so it is so powerful because it tells us about us before we even say anything. Like you said. Like you said, it could be negative in that, like, people judge people depending on what they're wearing, but I also think that, you know, it's an extension of our personalities in in a way.
1: It also helps, like, if you're somebody whose mood is boosted by wearing something um, bright and colorful or wearing something that you just feel connected to, Mm -hmm. that is also powerful within itself for that individual person. Yeah. I know. Like, London, for instance, when I lived out there, it rained a lot. Or it was cold a lot, put it that yeah. way. some dark, and the winter months, you only got a couple of hours of sunlight. And so, I just thought, oh, God, you know, like, in order for me to get my mind out of thinking about what the is like, I would wear, like, bright yellows, um, spatters. Mm-hmm. I'd wear, like, the brightest colors just to kind of, like, keep my mood up and my vibes high. Right. And, and like what that does for somebody and then when you come into somebody else with a bright color it's like oh that's great and it's kind of a celebration and you forget about what your environment looks like because you see all these colors and things around you so i think yeah. for me, it's a mood booster
0: yeah definitely and i think also too like it can add confidence to somebody i mean we all know like when we put something nice on we we feel good right if you look good you feel good so Um, I I definitely agree with that. I wanted to ask you about this because I was thinking about what you had said about going to BHS and, you know, how that experience was for you and then transitioning into a historically Black um, university and college. By the way, I, I visited Clark Atlanta on a college tour. I didn't choose Clark Atlanta, but I did visit it and I thought it was fabulous I ended up in Greensboro though, um, like right up, yeah, right up the street from Ante. I didn't go to A&T. my best friends did, and so I kind of, in a way, kind of felt like I had somewhat of a historically black experience, especially nice. yeah, especially because I mean I was at UNCG, which is a mixed and diverse school, but you know my I, my experience was was pretty much Black as well. Like I, I joined a sorority, Delta Sigma Theta. So I had, even though I was in a, in a white institution, I pretty much had a- Stupid experience. A, a, the Black experience, exactly. Yes. And so I wanted to ask you, you know, about this because I, I think that these are interconnected. Just how, for instance, your confidence within yourself. Like you said that when you were on campus, like you felt you could do anything. You could accomplish anything that you wanted. And I think that that's so important. And I think that that is very much so like closely related to this idea of like representation and how important representation is like to see yourself reflected and to see yourself doing things. So I wanted to ask you, or what are your thoughts on like black representation, like within the fashion industry? Oh
1: my goodness. Uh, I don't think we have enough time for this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) My thoughts, I think it's despicable. I think we, I think like, I see so many gifted Black artists, Black designers, stylists, mm-hmm. you know, uh, creators in, of fashion are all around us, because we're not all designers. We do other things that help drive the design process forward. But right. uh, photographers, anybody you name it, connected fashion, there's so many who don't even get the recognition that they need, and they're, mm-hmm. they help to move some of the bigger brands forward. Um, right. And I feel that we don't get the platform that we need to get, basically. We don't get the same type of funding that our white counterparts get. We struggle to get in those doors. We have to beg and knock and you know cry, everything, just to get in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's long overdue. Like, it's time for there to be a shakeup in the fashion um, industry, for sure. Um, and I think it's still, it's slowly starting to happen. Like you have a few editors out there making waves in the media, talking about how you know blacks need to be represented more, and, mm-hmm. and all in our organizations like Target to um, to give more than you know what they're giving in their grants and different funding programs. Right. Uh, and yeah, like I I, I see that. Um, just with the whole Black Lives Matter movement, even more so, it's, you're seeing people be a lot more vocal and calling out the fashion industry and saying, you know, don't just use us, you know, don't just put one of us on your team, but then don't give us the credit, you know, right. things like that. I, I do think a lot more progress needs to happen, but I feel like it's slowly started to take place. I do think there's a lot of pushback. Mm-hmm. probably um, being set behind closed doors.
0: Absolutely. You know
1: that's the case. <laughs> yeah. Because the fashion industry has always been a privileged industry. It's not something where you know, Blacks have been invited into. It's usually been like a elite, elitist industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's just what it is.
0: Yes. And I think also, too, what's interesting about that as well is like, a lot of the things within the fashion industry trans and you know style and things like that some of them have been stolen and then literally like sold back to us and so yes. I, <laughs> and so i think what you were saying about like more credit needs to be given it's absolutely true like i don't think that many things it could be fashion it's art it could be music can run without black creativity period yeah, yeah. um And I wholeheartedly agree that that we need to see more representation and more credit where credit um, is due. Exactly.
1: More credit, more media coverage, more transparency. I like for them to say, look, we got this idea from this person over here, you know, this black person or this part of black culture. Right. Or you know, we went to this country within Africa and we were inspired by this. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of these big design houses actually have people based in, like, Kenya and um, South Africa and, like, different places where they're drawing um, lots of inspiration and design ideas from. Mm-hmm. And their work is even being made out there. Um, yep. And so, like, I know, for instance, if you look, if you Google such, like, Burberry like um say African inspired collection or something like that you will see like a direct like relation with some of their styles from some of those tribes right this um and you see like there's it's so blatant like how a lot of like this black black inspired design is used mm-hmm. and I feel like they should tell more of that story why they went to those places and yes and we inspire them. You know, they should give you know us the credit. Don't just use us as you know the trend of the moment. Um, mm-hmm. And honest and say, yeah, like this is what happens. And and we use and then then hire like black designers or African you know designers to if that's what you want, hire them to create. Yeah. Yeah. Don't so just come here to use and then you know, I don't know, just to, you know, not give us the credit. So I feel yeah. like a lot of happens and then it happens over oh and over, oh, and then it becomes a trend and then all of a sudden it's like, oh well
0: Reboy came up with
1: this trend. No, they did not come up with that exactly.
0: Trend. That's been
1: there.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they just literally just came across it. Um but yeah. I think that's why um I was super excited for Beyoncé's new project um Black is King. I thought it was fantastic like her use of um black designers, um like black aesthetic I thought um it was, it was awesome just to see, like, so much black creativity in one project, um, I love stuff like that, and I think, like, projects like that kind of, like, underscore, that instead of trying to, like, fit into, like, a mainstream thing, like, maybe it's just time for us to just kind of start our own thing, and exactly, yeah, it really is, and I,
1: and I understand that, like, um, it takes money, but I think where there's passion, the money will come, yeah, we just have to do it, you know, and the other thing that we need to learn to work together, I'm gonna to be honest, like, yes, that's true. In the, in that community, I understand we're all trying to make it, so sometimes it's really hard for us to like get out of our individual individualism mm-hmm. um, and our own ways of doing things. But I think if we can find a common ground and understand why we need to work together we can push each other forward a lot quicker versus us wanting to do everything alone and having to shine to shine alone. I think there's yes. value in collaboration. Mm-hmm. And I think um that is probably one of the biggest challenges facing um black creatives because mm-hmm. it is very egocentric um business, you know, mm-hmm. being in fashion or being in art. People want to take all the credit. This is me, I did this, I did that. But right. Fortunately, like, we don't have a whole lot of leverage and we need to use each other. We need to help each other. Mm-hmm. And so we can get together and say, you know, I'm working with um, this person over here and they're going to work with me and they're going to yeah. do this yeah. for me and, and I'll do that for them. And we use all our skills to rip each other. I think we can get further quicker. Yes. So
0: yes. I'm going to snap to that because I wholeheartedly agree. And I think, um, you know, what's interesting too about that is that like when we work together, what we could come up with other people is greater than what we could come up like if it was just ourselves like yes, yeah it's just that like spark of collaboration like you have two like literally two minds are better than one I know it sounds cliche but it's so true so we do need more collaboration um um speaking of collaboration I think we should collaborate on something I don't know yeah, I was what that actually
1: before before we started talking, I was like, Oh my goodness,
0: should be open to it. But I'm open. Yes. Okay. I'm open. Yes. I would love to do something. I think, okay. you know, when we, when we, um, have ideas, creativity, people coming together, like we just never know like what could come out of it, you know, and or exactly. like, you know, how those relationships could like grow into something else. And you, and I think that's how we also grow our network too. Um, mm-hmm. Like working with other people. So let's do something. It's
1: so true. Yeah. It's so true. Let's you do reach something. Network and I'll return that And people are like, oh, I
0: never heard of
1: them. And yes. You know, so that's how it yes,
0: happens. definitely.
1: You're talking my language right now. I'm always looking for collaborators. But in Bermuda, I find that people aren't there yet. I, mm-hmm. I mention it and they're like, I want not be paid full price for everything. I'm like, what like, I'm I'm not even talking about money. I'm talking about what I bring to the table. You talk about what you bring to the table Me we just get right. it done. And just do it. Both right. of us haven't made it yet. Let's just work together. But yeah, I, I think do. people, everybody's doing this money tip. And and when you're an artist, it can't be about money. Like, you have to do it for the passion and then let the money come.
0: Mm-hmm. And it will come, though. It will. It's just like having faith and belief that it will. I, I did want to ask you about your inspiration. Um, like, when you're designing something? Because I remember you were saying you you title your bags after you've made the bags. So, like, what is the inspiration for the designs that you come up with?
1: So, the designs that I... Okay, I guess I'd have to tell you about um, my, I guess, my mantra for, I guess, my design aesthetic and why and how I design. So, mm-hmm. basically, I started this brand where the girl was to create a brand that would last, you know, over and over, spend the test of time. It wouldn't be something that is fast fashion. It wouldn't be something based on trends. Mm-hmm. So you'll find within my collection a very, lots of like straight lines, lots of like, um, I would call them more simplified design. Something that is a bit of I created a brand so that it's not a trendy brand. It's something that can be worn by people who have many different style aesthetics. So I right. didn't want it to be something that's like, okay, any this person can wear it because this is their style. I want it to be something that kind of has some neutrality to it. So mm-hmm. you can, you can uh, style it up or you can style it down. But I wanted it to just have like the core, um, basics and quality and in style lines and something that can be, um, versatile.
0: Yeah. So yeah.
1: you find that, like, these are more, cla- that's the word, more classic styles mm-hmm. and emphasis on, you know, the craftsmanship being of high quality.
0: So yeah. that
1: you know, if you want to make a piece that goes with dressier item, that it can do that it can work with that if you want to wear something smart casual or just casual it can work with that look so that's that was the idea behind the brand because Mm -hmm. i want many people from many different backgrounds and many of many different styles to be able
0: to
1: one of my products say okay this works with me so my first collection has started off just like that and as i grow the brand you will start to see more more interesting designs come out because I do have them. I have hundreds of designs, but I wanted to play it safe and do something that I think would suit many different style palettes initially.
0: Right. Right. Okay. That's fantastic. Um, So you had just mentioned like in the future, you will want to see it um, grow into like many different designs. So that was actually my next question. Like where do you hope to see like your overall brand? in the future
1: um my overall brand i would like to sell direct to the consumer i love to have my own um retail shop
0: oh, that would be and, amazing yes
1: and i also love to build my my website business so that i have more international exports mm-hmm. um and build more content on my website so people can learn more about the brand and more about like what I'm doing with it so they can grow with me as I grow the brand.
0: Right,
1: it's very time consuming to put up content. I haven't put any out for a while, um, but I plan to get back into it soon. Winter, um, the plan is to be in the new Bermuda airport. So,
0: oh, that, that will is- be incredible! Oh, what a great opportunity for you! That's awesome.
1: And now we're in one retail store in Bermuda called Tabs. The Bermuda Shorts. Oh, yes, the
0: Bermuda Shorts. Yes, I'm familiar with that store. Um, so people can find your bags at Tabs and people can also purchase online? Exactly, yes. <laughs> Literally, homegrown, yes. which is awesome. Um, so I wanted to ask you, Patrice, what's next for you, and where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me on bermudaborn.com. And
1: what's next? Oh, there are so many plans. Um, I want to do uh a music video um for the brand showcasing Bermudians. Nice and our culture. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. It's slightly a long-term project, but it's mm-hmm. um, an idea that I've been planning out. And then I want to I wanna do more send out more e newsletters um, yes. to people that can subscribe into my website. And I want to um, host more events. I want to do more experiential events. Um mm-hmm. so that people can come out and see the product and see the brands. I'm kind of torn about doing those events right now due to the pandemic that we're in. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to find unique ways to do it without, you know, putting anybody at compromise compromising anybody's help you know, right. or, or yeah. So I am still wearing, like working on how do I move forward in this um situation. Yes. Yeah. But there are gonna be things um that'll be doing more um like social media promotions and doing collaborations with other brands um on social media. So I'm hoping to roll that out um in 2021. Oh that's
0: fantastic. Yes. yes, so bright future here. That's amazing. Uh, well Patrice, this has been awesome i love your perspective i love your brand and everything that you're doing um your story is awesome yeah like um just the fact that you went to hbcu and you know went back home to bermuda and started your brand this is it's that's the other thing too it's so unconventional um because we're raised to go and do law and we're raised to go and do you know finance and things like that and so it's amazing that you've been able to choose design something creative and do well so i'm I'm really really happy and we need you (laughs) we need more people (laughs) like you so thank you so much for everything that you're doing this has been fantastic thank you for joining me today
1: thanks for having me and equally i'm like really excited about where you're going and your success so it's really nice to have this platform that you're using to spotlight other people, but you know, you should be spotlighted as well. So I just want to say thank you for being, for having the um, initiative to do this uh, podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much. To be honest if you, it's other people that, that make this possible. So thank you to you. Please share with friends, subscribe and rate us on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us online at theartifacts.com and on Instagram at theartifacts. If you'd like to send us a message or to suggest an artist that you'd like to see on the show, please connect with us at theartifacts at gmail.com. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to sharing with you our upcoming episodes. Peace and blessings. This recording is copyrighted by Jude Hassel, and all rights are reserved.